August the 1st. Do you know what that means? NFL training camps are officially open. The weather's nice. You're seeing all these crazy plays online. But what's better yet that apart from football season almost being here, almost being here, is the fact that fantasy football season is starting to heat up. I know people talk about it all offseason, but right now is the time of year when you seriously got to lock in. And who better to join me than the one and only Andy McNamara, host of the Sick Browns podcast. Andy, how are you doing tonight? Griff, brother, I'm doing good. You're right. Football season, fantasy football draft season is here. It's coming. We are so close to real football. Preseason, this Hall of Fame game this week, Browns versus the Jets. So we're we're almost there, man. Exactly. You get to watch one of the most famous Cleveland Brown offensive linemen, too. Joe Thomas going to Canton this week. It's yes. a week for football fans to not only be excited that the game is back, but celebrate the game. And we want to congratulate to everyone going into the Hall of Fame class of 2023, which includes Joe Thomas, Darrell Revis, Zach Tom, Thomas. It's a, it's a loaded class going into Canton on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's a good, it's a good crew. And Joe Thomas, I have the uh, on my my backdrop office. I have the collectible bobblehead that we got from a game where um, we were actually there when they unveiled the number of consecutive snaps, the ten thousand and change that he had up in the up in the rafters and all that. So for a guy who wanted to win so badly and never even got a uh, to go to the playoffs, how sad is that? Yeah, you know what? It's 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 sad that he played in Cleveland in a truly it's like not the best time for the franchise. So I'm glad that he's at least getting his due. And it's kind of a showing too that look, the big boys mean a lot to the game of football too. So don't don't sleep on the big boys. That's right. That's right. So it'll it'll be fun having him going. The whole team, the whole Browns franchise is gonna be in attendance. He'll be going on last, number nine, um, on Saturday. I think it starts at twelve. So I think they usually try to keep it in the four-hour range, so we'll we'll see. But no, it's going to be fun. That that really is the kickoff to football season. It, it is. It's the one thing I love that they do it because like hockey does a weird where it's like in the middle of November. Yeah, baseball's in July, and then basketball. I want to say May or June, but no, this is the true, true kickoff to the season. And with that being said, I can ask you a fun question about fantasy football, but I want to get into the stone cold hard facts. Okay, what is a fantasy footballer? You don't want any business drafting as of now. Ooh, now that's a great question. And I think it really depends on the where you draft somebody, for example. So there are players that, so for, let me see. So for like example, um, I don't want any part period of any Baltimore Ravens wide receiver. Not one, not one, not any time, not nowhere, not know how. The reason is, I don't believe in the quarterback, Lamar Jackson, as I've told you before. And Two years at, uh, as well. Hey, everyone wants to crown this guy, Griff, but let's, let's face it. Let's, if we want to dive into the, the, uh, the uh, pond of truth here, okay? Two years in a row. Oh, folks, no idea where um, Andy went. Uh, so we're talking about just fantasy football and Baltimore Ravens wide receivers. Uh, Andy, don't know what happened there. He dropped out for a minute, but it's all good. Go. Oh, I'm back. Shoot, keep shooting on the Ravens. Oh, receivers, my friend. You know what? I bet you it was Odell Beckham Jr.'s dad. He was in the editing room again. He, he got me. Just like he got Baker. <laughs> yeah. I'm calling that the podcast name, Odell Beckham Jr.'s dad. That's all it's been. Odell about. Beckham Jr.'s dad got me. I'll tell you. Okay. So the reason why I'm not taking the any Ravens wide receivers are a couple of reasons. Um, one, Odell Beckham Jr. has not. Griff, I put this out. At Sick Pod Browns at Andy MCD1 on the Sick Podcast with Andy McNamara, the YouTube Shorts. 
This is a fact. Let this blow your mind. Odell Beckham Jr. has not been a fantasy football star since Barack Obama was president. Oh, my God. Fact. That's a fact. And this guy, they're paying this guy that type of money. He's an egomaniac. He's as yep. most overrated as you can get. It's on a team where defense is still the strategy is to make Lamar Jackson throw the football. And, Griff, I'm so sick of everybody going. I don't even blame the wide receivers that much of going around. Oh, he doesn't have any wide receivers. Well, does Marquise Hollywood Brown, did he look pretty good when he went to Arizona and had a guy who could throw him the ball? Yeah, he did. Is Rashad Bateman, who I know me and you like coming out of college, uh, is he a bad wide receiver? Or does he not have a great quarterback in the sense of a pure passer? That's why I don't believe in any of these Ravens wide receivers. And if some sucker wants to go draft Odell Beckham Jr., have, have at it. Yeah, I completely agree on that just because it's one of those things where, like I said, tight end because I would draft Mark Andrews and that's it because he's like Lamar's security blanket. I'd go Andrews. But besides, yeah. like, besides, like with Mahomes and Kelsey, which I'll, I'll, we'll get in a little bit, but I completely agree with you on all those takes just because, like, look, they always give him the tools to succeed, but then it's like – Okay, now that he's gotten paid, you have to prove you're a proven passer. Yeah, we haven't he, seen. He blames that everybody so else. Is, yeah, everybody it's, it's blames good. everybody. Everybody blames. It's never Lamar's fault. Well, guess what? If it's too yeah. often, it's somebody else. At some point, it's you. I'll go with the same thing with the running backs. Here's another thing: J.K. Dobbins, and he's an Ohio State guy. Griff, I'm wearing an Ohio State shirt right now. Okay, if my internet yeah. was faster, I'd be on camera with you. But otherwise, we turn into frozen robots. It's all good. <laughs> So the J.K. Dobbins, I love, but when the top running back on your team is still the quarterback and J.K. Dobbins has missed more games than he's played in the National Football League, you can take that yards per carry. People are like, it's 5.9, Andy. It's like, that's great. He's yeah. rushed like 20 times. Like, it, there's not a big enough body of work, and he's still a secondary guy as well. Goal line stuff. Who's getting goal line? Gus Edwards and Lamar Jackson. What's Melvin Gordon going to look like? I don't know. So that's another guy I think is getting way overdrafted in J.K. Dobbins. Um, again, I would love for him to do well in a in a different team situation. I think he could do well. Hasn't stayed healthy. I just don't think the opportunity is going to be there for him. I, I love that. I completely agree with that where it's kind of like everyone thinks that Baltimore is going to be that team that – takes it to the next level and like, Hey, this is finally the year, but like, it's going to be that same thing as always. You always end up getting burned by it. Mm -hmm. And I want to go to mine. Cause I have a couple in mind, but the one I've been on all off season, it's because this guy's coming off a torn ACL, which look most running backs right away, not a torn ACL coming off torn ACLs. Don't do it because they always have a first year back, not a productive. Like we saw with Saquon Barkley 21. Yeah. Okay. Year 2022. He exploded. This team's also getting hyped because of who they've added this season. My player to not draft is Brees Hall from the New York Jets. Oh. I still think he'll be good, but I just don't trust coming off that knee injury. Plus, to this weird Dalvin Cook rumors. I love how we are going for rivalries for like rivals of our teams, mm -hmm. but it's just when I even though like with for example Tom Brady when he came off his ACL in 2009 didn't have the best year in 2010 unanimous MVP. So I always look to 2024. I'm not saying don't draft Brees Hall. I didn't say he's not in my opinion an RB1 or an RB2 at the moment. He can prove me wrong. It's like Javante Williams as well. He's another player I'll quickly throw in there because mm -hmm. of the ACL issues. It's just, I just don't know how the knees are going to hold up right away. I know people like, some Jets fans like to use the, oh, like, look at Adrian Peterson. I still think that was a one in a million thing to happen. Yes. So for that reason, it's Brees Hall. This next player, I think you should draft, but I don't think you should overdraft him. 
That is Debo Samuel from San Francisco. He's a okay. great player. Don't get me wrong. It's just I've noticed this, that when Brock Purdy came in and started, his production levels, and also to when they added Christian McCaffrey, his fantasy value went down, 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 down. So I don't think Debo is going to be that same explosive player that we saw early 2022. I still think he's going to be great. Don't get me wrong. I love Debo Samuel. I just think from a fantasy value standpoint, don't rely on him as one of your top dogs per se. Well, and the third player, in my opinion, I'm not saying to not draft him. I'm just not saying, like, I've been hearing all this stuff about first round pick. For me, I, I, I would draft him if I could, but not in the first round. It's, it's Travis Kelsey. Like, I, like, like, don't get me wrong. I'm just saying for positional value. I'm saying, like, Kelsey should not be your first round pick in fantasy football. Maybe second or third round, but I think first round pick, there's just too many players ahead. Which I want to get into you with that a little bit on where I think I want to go personally and who I think should go number one overall in fantasy football drafts. But those are just mine quickly. And also do with Kelsey. I think last year he had career years to where we I want to see will he double the production. So it's not saying that he's not going to be good. I just don't will he be this amazing, amazing player that we saw last year because he literally blew the roof off people's fantasy leagues and won them leagues, you know? Right, right, right. And, and the so let's let's dive in a little bit here. So we got yep. Brees Hall, you say the Jets. Yes. And I'm with you. I'm a little the Jets intrigue me, obviously, because the Aaron Rodgers part, but I am a little I'd rather go Garrett the, Wilson if I'm going Jet. Oh yeah, dude. I think we talked about last time we were on. I want the I want a stack of Garrett Wilson in the second round and yes. Aaron Rodgers in like round 10 or wherever. Yeah. Because he's he's going late. I think you stack those. And if Rodgers is what Rodgers thinks he's going to be, that's a dynamite combo. And you're getting your quarterback who, you know, that's a top 12 or guy in the 10th round. You can, you can lay out your, your roster there. Um, so, yeah, I'm kind of with you. So on Brees Hall, if we look at it, well, you know what? Let me, let me ask you this. So in, okay. I'm going to put this up. Let's do, uh, let's go PPR scoring. Eh? That's, let's, let's go PPR wise ranking here for five. Point five or one point. Uh, you know what? Let's split the difference. I'm just, Pulling up my little gear here. Let's do half. Sounds good. Because then, then we kind of get the uh, split between standard and PPR. And you're also not uh, getting goofy scorings of like 200 to like 195 every week. It's going to be more yes. like 140 to like 135. So if we have this, so the, the rankings right now, average draft positions for these guys. Brees Hall is going as the 11th running back off the board, 24th overall, which puts him at what? End of the, the very end of 12 team um redraft leagues he is ahead of Najee Harris yes Travis Etienne Kenneth Walker the see I love Kenneth Walker that's Seattle thing's a mess Aaron Jones Jamar Gibbs Jameer Gibbs I would take over Hall and I also too. too that's another player to not draft you remember who was Chicago last year I was super high on going into the year and he bit me because he didn't do anything in David Montgomery, who's now in Detroit. Oh, yeah. That's an avoid. But I like Jameer Gibbs solely because that Detroit Lions offensive line is one of the most underrated units in the league as a whole. And the I've draft been very critical. capital on him. Yeah, I've been very – look, the 12th overall pick I wasn't always keen on. There's another Detroit line I like for rookie position, which we'll talk about in a bit. But when I say Jameer Gibbs, I just like, like the idea of – he could be a sneaky player that you could either put in your RB2 or a flex player. I think he'd be a great flex option for anyone. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm, I'm reading here too, just on the, I said Kenneth Walker, the third, he's going to be out for quote a while with a groin injury. 
we can jump to the rookies right away. I think Zach Charbonnet is another good flex guy to get as well or another bench player to stash. And he's out right now with a shoulder injury. That's it too, though. It's Boy, you know, that's that's where it gets. And this is this is for the fantasy strategy, Griff. This is go. This is where it gets interesting because there's a lot of yeah. talk. And look, I'm, I'm going to fall in line with it. If I had the first overall pick, I would take Justin Jefferson. It's the first year in 10, 15 years. I think you can even question not taking a running back. However... If you get out of those select few, the Christian McCaffrey's, Austin Eckler's, Bijan Robinson's, et cetera, that chunk of, let's say, six to eight, maybe even a little less, um, then you are in full-blown committee mode for a lot of the rest of the league. Yeah, even last year, uh, my best league that I had, I finished in second place. I went zero RB and managed to get Nick Chubb, I think, in the third or fourth round. So, Oh, jeez. Yeah, Good job. it's it's also a two QB league, so everyone goes quarterback. So I took Josh Allen, uh, took some other, I took someone else. I forget who else. Top my top, top. It was Allen Adams, and then I think Chubb were my top three. So it's like kind of like do that because in those kind of leagues you have to get a quarterback immediately, otherwise all the good ones get snatched up. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, like with with the Brees Hall thing, like I'm not saying don't draft him. I'm just saying I just don't think he's gonna be what we saw from him pre ACL Brees Hall. I, I still think he'll have a decent season. I'm just not counting on him on being like you know this like all pro caliber running back this year. Maybe in 2024, but not 2023. Right. No, it's a good it's a good note you bring up there. Um, we look at guy some of the guys ahead of just ahead of Brees Hall, and this is one where now it's your, it's your team. Okay, it's yes. the New England Patriots. Ramondre Stevenson. ADP, 10th running back off the board in half PPR and PPR. I just, maybe I'm shell-shocked, but from the, the Belichick and, and the, the Patriots way of both scarborough things and bringing people right up, you know, out of nowhere to, to hose you. Yeah. Um, where are you at with Ramondre Stevenson confidence-wise for a season in fantasy? So I always tell people this, especially with the running back position, be cautious with New England just because Belichick yes. loves to rotate it around, especially with receivers, even though I do think a guy like Tyquan Thornton can bring great bench value, which look, expecting a breakout year from here, but breakout breakout year from him, but that's another story. But when it comes to that, it Ramondre flips the script. I'm in on him. He was someone I had last year. He's the guy that's gonna get here's the thing, Ramondre does it all. He pat he pass catches. He runs the ball. He's able to bounce off defenders. And also, too, he's good to get in the end zone. And he's always good for a couple of those 20 to 30-yard gains at least once or twice a game. So Ramondre Steven is someone I'm high on. I like him in, like, rounds four or five personally. So if you want to go with a zero RB method, go Ramondre. And before I hit it back to you, you stole my line because Justin Jefferson Mm. is a player that if I get number one overall, I'm going after. I know everyone says, oh, Vikings are going to regress this and that. Jefferson's just too talented of a wide receiver to see any regression from, especially I know with the whole Kirk Cousins stuff, who I'm a fan of now because of quarterback on Netflix. Uh, that's right. He became more likable. He, he did. did. He did. He did. Um, here's the thing. We don't have to believe, and I think sometimes fantasy players at times get caught up with real life versus fantasy. Kirk yes. Cousins can't win a big, a big important game to save his life. I don't care. I don't care what he does if it's in the if he can get to the playoffs or if it's in a big game. If that dude gives me 25 fantasy points and he blows a late lead, I don't care. The guy puts up a lot of yards. He's done it for a while, and he funnels it to Justin Jefferson. And we talk about tight ends. If you can't get in on Kelsey, I might usurp a Mark Andrews and go right to TJ Hawkinson on that Vikings team. 
I'm going to, so like earlier when I said Travis Kelsey, I'm not saying don't draft him. I'm just saying for positional value, don't overdraft him because of what you can get and then him. Do you want to know who my tight end two is this year? It's someone you didn't mention. Who? George Kittle. Ooh, rolling the dice with the injuries, but when healthy, we know. It's also too just the fact that when Brock Purdy was in the lineup, we saw Kittle's numbers go up. So if Brock Purdy gets that starting quarterback job in San Francisco, I think Kittle can end up being tight end too in fantasy football this year. Mm. You know what? It, it's very possible. Like I, yeah. if healthy, if, if this guy can do, do the rarity and play a full season, no doubt. Yeah. Like absolutely no doubt. I, I am totally with you. Um, the question, like with a lot of the tight ends, if you're not named Travis Kelsey, is consistency. Because Griff, last year, I think it was PPR. Let's say that for fun. Um, yes. It was between four tight end four and tight end, I think, 11 or 13. There was like 11 fantasy points difference between all of them. Yeah. It's gross. So that's why. I think it depends. I understand what you're saying on the Travis Kelsey factor from um, the standpoint of, you know, if you're picking uh, third or something, don't take Kelsey. But no. if you're, let's say, let's say like you're... Tenth, I'd say go for it. Yeah, right? Like maybe, like I'm even thinking, okay, if we're looking, I'm, I'm going to, I would take Travis Kelsey over Cooper Cup. That guy's on the downgrade. With Matthew Stafford and the injury stuff, I don't know. Like I, I would rather gamble on the highest player at a super scarce position like Kelsey over Cup. Tyreek Hill... Not the not personally because of, of his play, but that quarterback situation with Tua and being one hit away, Griff, that terrifies me. I, I don't same know. Thing, I'm, I don't know where I want to touch the Dolphins this year because of Tua. Same. I'm the same thing too. Like even though the player like Jalen Waddle, Jalen Waddle for me last year, great fantasy player. I think he was like a four, another fourth, fifth round, six somewhere in there. I think he'll go higher, but it's just that draft with caution. Um, another player I want to draft, but I'm cautious of because of QB injury right now is Jamar Chase, just because we don't know. Mm. I know it's just a calf strain, but that's something that could linger all year long. Um, but who was I going to say as well? There's another tight end that, not because of the – which I've been critical of this quarterback in the past, and he did get paid. But Darren Wall is a player I want to avoid because even with Derek Carr, he was very up and down. So with a quarterback like Daniel Jones, who hasn't really had a tight end before, it's kind of an interesting thing to see just because, like, one game Darren Waller can go off and get you, like, 25 points. The next game he's going to get you four. And so for that reason, I don't know exactly what to think of the Giants, especially, too, with the Saquon Barkley situation. That New York Giants situation is very tricky to figure out. But if you want – It is. The other thing I'll say, too, for tight ends, um, for rookies, Dalton Kincaid, I know that he's – Looking good in camp, but rookie tight ends have never really panned out. Like Kyle Pitts is a player I'm avoiding altogether. Just you still have Knox there. You still have Knox. Knox right? is yeah. But here's the thing though: Knox was on a milk carton last year, so I feel like this is going to be a very, very overdue thing. Like where Dawson Knox has a good year this year. He got paid last year with a down year for him. And then the other one is, I'll be honest with you, this might be a bit of a hot take, but I think if you want value in the tight end position, especially for a bench tight end. I think Foster Moreau in New Orleans playing with Derek Carr up there is a player to look mm-hmm. at too. Interesting. Yeah. Not, I'm not saying Foster Moreau draft him right away, but I'm saying for like a bench tight end option. You know? Yeah. No, no. I, I, I feel you with that. Because I have my, my strategy in if we're taking 12-team redraft 
you know, one QB. My strategy is always to try to take a backup tight end and quarterback because then right away I have I have the safety net when it comes to bye weeks. Yes, exactly. I always so, try to line up the bye weeks. And another tight end. Foster's not bad. To, there's even another tight end that we haven't even talked about yet that's close to your heart and David Njoku. Yeah, I'm – okay, so I'll tell you about David Njoku. And then I want to swing back to the Giants with Waller for, for a sec yeah. later. Um, with Njoku – the thing is, he is still only 26 years old, and he's been in the league six years. So he is technically just reaching the prime of your tight end age, typically, historically. Yeah. And he's been in the league six years. Now, the problem with Njoku has always been – now, you look at the guy. My guy. He's a freak. Clay. It's ridiculous. He was a, a national uh, – he broke records in the high jump in high school. Like, national champion. It's, it's crazy. Athlete galore. The problem with David Njoku has always been – um, and it's, I don't know what the reverse of concentration drops is because when he has like two guys on him, he will catch anything when he's alone, he'll drop it. I don't know if that's concentration or not. Cause you'd have to concentrate more two people around you, but he's had that inconsistency. But yeah. in this case, Deshaun Watson, we know it's going to be a way heavier passing offense. You have Amari Cooper. You got Elijah Moore. That's a guy I want on my team. We can talk about him later if you like, um, and Joku, I want included in there. He falls into the category of really like, okay, if you don't get one of the top tight ends we talked about, David and Joku can be a guy. But like a lot, of, most of the others, most you're gonna have you're gonna have down weeks. You're gonna have up weeks. It is gonna be a bit of a roller coaster. But certainly, out of that roller coastery group, David and Joku has a lot of upside this year. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I just want to get your opinion on that. It's kind of like the Patriots situation with Hunter Henry and Gasecki. Mm. Like I, it's going to be a lot of two tight end sets. I don't like know where to go just because with Mike Gasecki, I feel like it'll be a similar production to what we saw with him in Miami. So I think he's going to be good for a lot of touchdowns, but I'm not banking on those guys getting drafted. Um, and then what do you want to say about Darren Waller before we move on? Yeah. 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 So Darren Waller and I'm intrigued by him and I understand your point because with the, um, with the Raiders, my only thought is, that wide receiver group is so average or below average. I just don't know who the heck else Daniel Jones is going to throw to. If it's not him running or getting it to Saquon Barkley, doesn't it have to be Darren Waller? Darius Slayton on a good team might be a three. Paris Campbell can't stay healthy. Isaiah Hodgins, no. Sterling Shepard, come on. So it's Darren Waller. That's the thing, though, but Sterling Shepard can't stay healthy. Jalen Hyatt, I'm kind of, like, proceed with caution with. But I do agree with you. I'm just saying from the Raider experience, like, Darren Waller someone where I think he could be a tight end. And maybe, because I would think about it, Kelsey, Kittle, Andrews, Hawkinson are your four. So Waller yeah. potentially could get into the five or six. And you know what? Depending how the point things is, like, like last year, like I said, there was a, about 11-point difference between four and, and 13. So yeah. it might yeah, like – you still that's the crazy thing you think of any other fantasy position group like the fifth position you're like oh wow with tight end you can be the fifth guy and be like i'm getting like single digit points every week that's crazy that's that's exactly it to where it's just like you're like waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for them to break out um this kind of ties into the next question because when it comes to rookie tight ends there is only one that I have faith in right now to actually be good for fantasy, and that is Sam Laporta from the Detroit Lions at the moment. Mm. He's looked good throughout mini camp. He's looked good throughout camp. I think he's a good tight end option if you're getting down to the barrel of it, because I think he's going to be someone that they're going to use. It's going to be like 
because we saw from TJ Hawkinson right away. And even another yeah. tight end I just thought of now is um, Noah Fant from Seattle. It's just that's kind of like it's just the players come to my mind. The other thing I'll say is too, I agree with you on Cooper Cup. There's a lot of people being like, "Oh, this is it. This is going to be a good year for him." I just, I just, I think with the Stafford regression, I just don't see it happening. Yeah, like I think he'll be good. I think he'll get his, but he's not a top six pick. That's the situation. Like if I'm looking at Cooper cup in the second round, you could talk me into that. Yeah. But the first round, yeah, you know, I I'd rather go in a different direction. You mentioned Sam Laporta and and yeah, like the tight end rookie stuff is always a little tricky depending how they use him. Are they going to use Laporta? Um, And Dan Campbell's old school. So they might be using a more blocking ish. Who knows right to break him in. But if they don't, this is a case where, yeah, Jared Goff really liked to go to his tight ends. And if you're not, you know, you got uh, Jameer Gibbs and Montgomery we talked about. Amandre St. Brown I like, of course. J- Jameson Wilson, Williams. Or, uh, he Williams. is suspended for suspended. six games, though, because remember the game yeah, next stuff? Yeah, he's suspended for six games. So I'm wondering, and you have Marvin Jones, nice possession guy, you know, steady Eddie possession guy, uh, move the chains and fall down at this stage in his career. Good so job. maybe Sam Laporta is somebody, Griff, you get, like, if you look where he's being drafted, he is the 19th tight end being drafted, 163rd overall. So, like, you almost, you just wait. And, and if yeah. you get Sam Laporta, maybe it's something where over the first six games he pops a little bit, maybe you can use him as trade bait before Williams comes back. You know what I mean? Like, maybe yeah. you can get a little, I, I like that idea. Yeah, it's just something I thought of because I know there's been a lot of hype around him. And then going into the, the rookie class as a whole, because there's a couple of rookies I want to talk about, but there's one that I, I think will be good, but I don't think is first-round pick worthy, and that is Bijan Robinson. I think he's going to be a great, great, tight, a great running back. I just don't think you should waste a first-round pick on him. Ooh, I think maybe – just because my thing with that is, is I feel like with a lot of these rookies, like there's so much pressure put on them to succeed that you can't – like it's not I, – I think football is a different sport to where – Look, I think he's going to be good. I just think that when you look at the first round pick options, like you got, and also to the Jonathan Taylor situational factor into this as well, mm-hmm. wherever he ends up. That's why New England, I say right now, I'm confident in Ramondre, but if the Patriots for some reason end up getting Jonathan Taylor, because I still think they're in the market for another running back, that's why I say avoid Ramondre. Different. But with Bijan, I just think for positional value, like unless you really want to go for it, I just I just don't know. Just with Atlanta, I feel like it's another team where people think because of their off, they like had a good offseason that they're going to make this leap when I still have New Orleans as being the favorite in that division. So that's just my thing. I think Bijan will be good. I just don't think it's fair. People already coming out and saying, you know, offensive rookie of the year, like first round fantasy football pick. I just think for him, that just don't set yourself up for failure more than anything else. Like if you can get Bijan Robinson in the second round or the third round, go ahead and do it. But I'm just saying from the perspective of first round value, I don't know if it's worth it in my opinion. You know what? Atlanta fascinates me this year. Let's talk through this for a second. Okay. Yeah. Because for the Atlanta Falcons, here's and, and Griff, I don't know what to make heads or tails of this, okay? Because Arthur yeah. Smith, word out of camp is, I think his job's on the line. Say it again. I think his job's on the line. Oh, well, on the line, yeah, yeah. Well, like, oh, well, I think it is too. And I think what goes to it is they're like stories out of camp is they're going to have some weird, like, funky college style where they're the offense is positionless. So, like, if we're here, okay, and by that, you know, are we going to see? a whole bunch of different combinations. I think it'd be interesting to see, but you have Desmond Ritter at quarterback Robinson in there. 
do you now with a young QB want to lean on Robinson, but then opposing teams know that where does Kyle Pitts fit in? Here's where I'm interested in it. I I'm with you. I don't want to reach on Robinson. I think I would take him end of the first round. I'll say this for my backup quarterback um, situation, like in the, in the 12, one QB, I want to get Desmond Ritter Griff at the yeah, end. I, like I want to get him at the end. He's got the legs I liked him coming out of the draft a couple years ago when he came out. The reason being his, first of all, 6'3", like 215. The guy's built like a QB. He's got the arm talent. He can run. He uses his legs, but smartly uses his legs. And yep. the words coming out of the combine was that this guy, they said, I thought I was talking to like a 30-year-old. He's super smart, very mature. And if you don't put too much on his plate, and if they had this kind of fluid, weird offense in Atlanta – then maybe we see a lot of RPOs. Maybe he's running. They're going to be down. All. He's going to be bad. Like, I'm not saying I want him to be my starter, but I want to have him on my bench because I want to watch. And maybe you get lightning in a bottle at some point. I think if you can get him in like the 10th round or the 11th round, I say do it. I just think with Bijan too, like when I say all this stuff, like with Travis Kelsey and Bijan Robinson, I want to clarify something before people come at me. I'm not saying don't take them in the first, like in the first round. I'm saying if you have top five in the first round, I don't mm-hmm. think you go after them. If you're back half of the first round or early second round, yeah, sure. But I'm saying like if you have second overall, yes, don't jump at Bijan Robinson. Don't jump at Travis oh, I agree. Kelsey. I agree. Wait until so say if you're like I would say eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. That's the area where you can go ahead and take them. Don't do it if you're top six or seven. Right? Yeah, those that's for both guys. Just so the internet's being like, oh, he doesn't want you to drop Travis Kelsey. Remember? He hates them. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Like, uh, now I would say this too, and, and again, depends on Jonathan Taylor because players do get kind of pushed up. So I'm with you for Bijan yeah. kind of the back end. But then, then if we look at it, okay, we talked about Cooper Cup, right? We talked about the questions with that you have to consider around any Miami player with Tua because uh, the backup is Mike White and Skyler Thompson. That gets that gets ugly. Real quick. Now, Tyreek's a freak, so, you know, maybe you can, um, you know, hedge it, hedge it there. But then we have – so, Cooper Cup, Tyreek Hill's a question. Um, Saquon, with the, the injury history, is a question. Jonathan Taylor, where he's going to go. I like Stefan Diggs, but do I want him at the end of the first round? No. I don't know. So, so then you have to start thinking, where does a Bijan Robinson come in based on positional scarcity for true starters? And yes. that's where it kind of gets interesting. As you start eliminating people, it's like, okay, well, where would I take him? That that's it. That's exactly it. Like even even other players that look at too, like for example, Gabriel Davis, I think is a player that like got caught up with playoff hype where everyone's like, look at him yeah. in the playoffs that one Before game, touchdowns. four touchdowns, yada yada yeah. yada. I was high on him last year. I was getting the like, Bundy games. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> exactly. And then he is a player who I think had the one good, like he had a good first game when they beat the Rams. And then he had that cuckoo game where he, when they beat the Steelers. But besides that, Gabriel Davis was kind of a player where it's like, what are you doing? Like that's yeah. the thing with him. So I feel like with Buffalo, they have a complement of weapons, even with them, with their running backs, that's a position I've always found to be like a bit of a weakness for them where they haven't really Definitely. had a solid running game. So we'll see what happens there. But at the same time too, you can never really, I'm not saying anything bad about Buffalo. I'm just saying like, from a dig standpoint. And from dump a, on him. Why not? You're a pack yeah. fan. Dump on him. Yeah. But the other <laughs> thing I will say too, when I'm not dumping on them is I don't like the people that are saying like, I've seen some people say they're going to be like nine and eight or they're going to like not win the division. Buffalo's still winning that division. They're still, I still oh, like yeah. the Kings I of the division. So. I just don't see the world like with a, wait, and you're going to hate me for this because with the Browns right now, I'm going to say this. Remember the hype the 2019 Cleveland Browns were getting when OBJ came to town and. Oh, I should Griff. 
And the first game, you guys got cooked by Tennessee. So I'm just saying. Oh, I sure do. With the Jets. Look, your first week is against Buffalo. That's a game where if the Jets do not look good, it's going to be overreaction Tuesday to the moon for them. So we'll see what happens there. But going back to the rookies, there are two wide receiver rookies I like for fantasy value because I think they're going to get used a lot, especially because their wide receiver rooms besides that aren't the best. One is Tank Dell in Houston, who apparently C.J. Stroud had drafted by the Texans. Hmm. I'm not thinking the Texans are going to be a good team, but I think they're going to be that team that might catch some people off guard and, like, you know, kind of win a couple surprise games. Got to throw it to somebody. Yeah, that's the thing. The other one, too, is this is a team where I feel like there's hype. I got drank the Kool-Aid on them two years ago and I'm not doing it again until proven otherwise but I like Jonathan with the Carolina Panthers because let's be honest mm-hmm. I think Terrace Marshall is going to be a player that's going to be on his way out after the season hopefully New England uh, it's been a thing on the podcast <laughs> DJ Chark I don't really trust that much from a fantasy standpoint I think and we know what DJ Chark is at this point right that's it yeah he's a Dennis Green player he is yeah. like he is who we thought he was yeah, and then the other one is Adam Thielen, who's a, more of a slot type receiver. So I think Jonathan Mingo's a guy who's got speed, and he's going to be out open in the flat for Bryce Bryce Young. So I think the two rookie quarterbacks can really benefit from their receivers. And as it goes for Smith and Jigba, look, I think he's a good player, but I think when you're competing against DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, who by the way is a very underrated wide receiver mm-hmm. in the league and for fantasy. I just don't see it where a room where Smith and Jake was the one in that locker room as of yet. I still think it's DK Metcalf. Oh yeah, for like I keeper dynasty, I want some shares of Smith and Jigba for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. This I'm, year, I'm just referring to no. like a regular. Uh, regular yes, hundred percent. Like longer term, yes, because um, I could see them, you know, trying to move on from Tyler Lockett next year or something like that. You know. Yeah. Um, but for this year, say, like, eh, you know, I, I think it's one of those cases that. Maybe if you see progression in real life, it'll be like positive, but fantasy wise, mm, he might flash a couple games, but there's going to be some single digit stinkers in there too. I also have one other player that I love because he's been showing out since minicamp, Quentin Johnston for the LA Chargers, just because we mm-hmm. all know Keenan Allen can't stay healthy. Mike Williams mm-hmm. is proving to be the same. Quentin Johnston looks like a beast out there for the LA Chargers. So I think that's another wide receiver you should be targeting in fantasy. I think he's going to be a player that's going to be like a later round pick that like is everyone's going like, oh my God, look at this guy go. Yeah. Yeah. And and plus too, you got the new contract to Justin Herbert. We know they like to throw the ball. Yeah. Keenan Allen's on the downside. And yeah. in the past where we looked at like, okay, well, you know, you have Josh Palmer is kind of the handcuff type of thing. Yeah. Well, now Quentin Johnson's kind of that handcuff, and he's going to be a starter. So that's a better Quentin, position to be in. He also can get up and, like, play. Um, and that's the other reason why I think he's just a big body. That's something that the L.A. Chargers have not had at wide receiver in a very long time, with a big body that can get up and make catches. 6'4", um, 215. Yeah. Yes. Um, is there anyone you like to have a bounce-back season, not only for fan or not even a bounce-back. Let's either say a breakout season for fantasy, because I like the player you said earlier for your Cleveland Browns and Elijah Moore. I think – He's going to get a fresh start. I like him. Um, Another player, you know who I really think is going to shine this year? I know we were talking about them earlier. I love Chris Olave for a fantasy, very, like, for a wide receiver, too. I think he had a real, because I know of Garrett Wilson last year, like, his numbers went unnoticed, but even with Andy Dalton and Jameis Winston, he had a great season. Now he's got a true quarterback in a Derek Carr. I'm excited to see what he can do. Michael. Thomas, I'm kind of like a proceed with caution with. Oh, you know what? I will err, Griff. I will err on the side of Michael Thompson uh, having the best season in the world and still be yeah. fine with it. I'm not biting. I'm not oh. I'm not biting on Michael Th- Be healthy for a full year. Don't be weird with whatever your little injuries and situations are. 
yeah. and get back on the field. Then, then, then I'll talk to uh, my, uh, Michael Tom. Until then, I will err on the side of, you know what, that we talked about earlier, player I want no part of, Michael Thomas. No way. Yeah, it's, it's just interesting. Game. That's an interesting yeah. play with Olave. I, I think that's a bit of an under-the-radar one. And he's I think he's my favorite one in New Orleans. I think so, too. Yeah. yeah, Jamal Williams is another one for the New Orleans Saints as well. I think Alvin Kamara, too, is a player to avoid just because I feel like Jamal Williams is going to steal yeah. those red zone ones, kind of like what we saw with Alexander. Because here's the thing. I feel like it's going to be like, you know how last year Dalvin Alexander Mattinson was the one getting the red zone mm-hmm. touches? Same thing with Tony Pollard and Z. Same thing with Williams and Kamara. Kamara is going to be your heavy downs back, but your short yardage situations, it's going to Williams. You know what? I want to draft Tony Pollard early. But the injury stuff, it spooks me a little bit. He's going to be the head guy, and he's still, you know, he's on pace to come back. But is this thing in Dallas slated to go committee if Tony Pollard is slow to get underway? He's just, you know, he's franchise tight. They don't have a long-term commitment to him. Like, I could see where if he's a little slow going back, they just kind of go committee. Like, I want to believe he's the guy, but after that, you got Malik Davis, who – you know, and Deuce Vaughn looks like a baby out there. That's he's gonna get five, murdered. Five. Like, like I'm scared for him. Like, I think this yeah. guy might die on the field. Like, but Malik Davis, like, is it Malik Davis? Like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm a little I'm a little spooked by the Dallas backfield. I'm also spooked by Dallas as a general. The only player in Dallas I would trust to draft is CD Lamb. Besides that, I don't know if I really want to go after anyone. No, maybe no they have end. maybe Jake Ferguson at tight end. But, oh, also, I have another player who I want to avoid. He was good on Dallas last year, but I think this year it's going to be a different situation. That's Dalton Schultz. I just don't think going from Dak Prescott to C.J. Stroud. I know there was that clip of mm-hmm. Dak going viral or a younger receiver and threw a pick, and everyone's saying Dak in midseason form. But I'm just like, <laughs> with Dalton Schultz, I just don't think you're going to see the same. I think he's going to be good, but I just don't think you'll see the same production levels as you saw in Dallas with him as yeah, you will in with Houston. No, especially rookie quarterback. Um, you don't traditionally in, in that high level of college um, work with tight ends that much. Doesn't mean can't become a safety net guy. You know, that, that could certainly be the case. Um, but I agree with you. I, I'm with you. Jake Ferguson falls into that category where, you know, he steps up and we have seen success with Dak Prescott using tight ends. So I don't want him to be my starter, but could he fall into my, I'm going to have him as a backup and see how it goes category. Yes. That could be interesting. Do you have a fantasy sleeper, by the way? Like the sleeper app? Oh, oh, oh you mean the, uh, like a sleeper overall? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going Elijah Moore. Um, and I think this guy, the more I think of it, Griff, the more I listen, watch, go to my Cleveland guys for, you know, on the ground uh, who are watching every day. Him and Deshaun Watson love each other. We talk about Amari Cooper, and he's going to be your steady WR2 numbers, no doubt. But the difference is with Elijah Moore, they're lying, they're lining him up in the backfield. It's not Jerome Ford taking mm. the backup reps from Nick Chubb. It's Elijah Moore. Sometimes they're on the field, and this is practice, preseason, whatever. But, yeah. you, you, you know, you have to still look at what they're doing and lining up. Elijah Moore is in the backfield. He's taking sweeps. He's taking end arounds. He's lining up outside. He's lining up inside. PPR, I would. I want Elijah Moore on my team, and I'm going to think in my mind that if I can get flex value out of him, it's a success. But I think there's a world where this guy in PPR, with all the different touches he can get, could pop up into a top three wide receiver. Not a one. Let's not get nuts here. No. But – 
yeah, I think this could be a big, a big shock in a positive way for PPR because of the touches um, for Elijah Moore. So that's my sleeper uh, guy. I don't mind maybe even reaching a little bit on. What about Donovan Peoples-Jones? I love DPJ. Oh, my God. You know what? That's a guy who has been super quiet in camp. And Griff, I haven't heard much about him. It's the end of his rookie deal. I don't, he is nowhere near reaching his potential. I hope him and Deshaun can connect because I think the sky's the limit. He's also a very willing blocker as a wide receiver downfield. This guy's a game. He just plays football hard. So I really like him. I truly hope he does. Maybe we'll have to see a little bit as more camp goes on. But today, August 1st, I'm fading on Donovan's People's Jones. And I, again, I hope I'm, I'm wrong. But right now, I'm fading him. I would take um, Elijah Moore as the second Browns wide receiver uh, on your fantasy radar. All right. And mine is a player that we love here on this podcast. Mine is a player that I think because of the Jonathan Taylor situation will get used more. And that is Michael Pittman Jr. from the Indianapolis Colts, mm-hmm. I think. Look, because him and Taylor came in the league in the same year. And Pittman Jr. has always been kind of a quiet production guy. But I think with a new – and also with him too, this is the thing with him. It's his fourth year in the league. It's his fourth quarterback that he's going to be playing mm-hmm. with. So we'll see what happens. Right. But when Pittman Jr. has had his chances to flash, he's flashed. Like, I don't know if Alec Pierce is wide receiver one material. I think he's more of a slot or wide receiver two. But I think Michael Pittman Jr. can emerge as the wide receiver one for the Indianapolis Colts this year. I think he will be there. That quarterback situation just has me terrified, man. Like, he could be the, he could be the top wide receiver, and I fully expect him to be. But what does that mean for our fantasy team? You know, like... They're going to be the Colts. I feel like are going to be a team where either they're going to be like two and 15 bad, bad, or they're going to be a team that, you know, maybe they screw around and they win like five or six games. Like it's going to be one of those, like they're between like a two and six win team. I just think six is being generous, but I think there'll be that team where look, ever since Andrew Lux retired, we don't know what we're going to get with them. One year, they're a playoff team. One year, they're just missing out. And one year they're terrible. So like with the Indianapolis Colts, pretty much, you don't know what you're going to get. I think Shane Steichen has faith. I just don't want to be like, hey, he was in Philly. He had Jalen Hurts. So it's going to be the same thing with Richardson. Maybe in like three or four years from now, but I think right away, don't assume that. I just think that Pittman Jr. could be a player that, look, if you want to take a chance on, go nuts. Yeah. yeah. You know what? Like if the price is right, if yeah. the price is right, he's there. Um, again, just like the, um, the Houston thing, you're going to have to throw the ball to somebody. Yeah. You're going to have to throw. You're going to be down a lot. You're going to have to throw back. I've, I've always loved the talent of Michael Pittman Jr. He has been hosed by quarterback situation there. So um, if the draft price is right, uh, yeah, sign me up for Michael Pittman Jr. Sure. Like maybe around seven, eight, or nine, somewhere in there. I'd take him there. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know what, guys? We'll have to do this again probably closer to the end of the season. Maybe even I can have Andy come on and I can have him like grade my draft or something like that. Ooh. Not in the yeah, YWC Football Talks Fantasy Football League where Andy's hoping to get that second-year championship, but we'll see what happens. We, you some- know what we need to do, Griff? We need to get like a, a ring sponsor or something. We need to backdate it to get, get old Andy some jewelry here. We do. We, we, <laughs> I got to look at that. So if you're, if you're listening to this or you're watching this, if you want to send, send us the money to do that, please, please, please do so. Um, but anyway, guys, that's going to wrap it up here. This has been episode number 236 of YWC Football Talk. Oh, but before I go, guys, I tease this on Twitter. I have a huge, huge, huge announcement. Oh. As, as many of you guys know, I'm going to SummerSlam this weekend in Detroit, Michigan. So there's content Ooh. coming there. Don't worry. Don't worry. Lorenzo's and I, we're teaming up. We're going to make a lot of podcasts, including one that's long overdue. But as you guys also know, I'm involved with Cryer Media, a company that sends me to things like the Toronto Argonauts games, the Canadian Open, the Honda Indy, et cetera, et cetera. Well, guys, as of yesterday, 
Apart from having a ticket for WWE SummerSlam, your boy has a media credential for WWE SummerSlam, so stay tuned for content from there. I'm not promising anything at the moment, but there may be, maybe, maybe some big, big, big things coming to this channel, to this podcast, to my socials. That is the thing to look out for, guys. Your boy is accredited WWE media member this weekend in Detroit, Michigan. Oh, it feels so good to say I've been holding it in since yesterday. Oh, congrats, bro. Look, you got to get in the ring. Challenge, open challenge. Get, gonna, get at somebody. Yes, that's what I'm going to do. I'm trying to get to some events, guys. If I can get that's interviews with some wrestlers, I can. I just, I get, by the time I get into Detroit, their press, their press stuff is like early, early Friday morning. I'm leaving here Friday morning at around like nine. And it's about a three and a half hour, four hour drive from where I am. So I'll probably get in at like, probably closer to like one or two o'clock just because Look, Mandy and I know the 401's a highway you don't really want to mess with, so we'll see what happens there. But, guys, I just wanted to let you know, your boy, accredited WWE media member this weekend. Let's go. Good man. Congrats, buddy. Have fun. Very much I will. But anyway, guys, so that's wrapping it up. And also, guys, make sure to check out CFL. CFL betting article will be up Thursday for this week, week nine's games. And I will be back at it next Sunday at BMO Field when the Toronto Argonauts take on the Ottawa Red Blacks. This has been episode number 236 of YWC Football Talk, guys. Enjoy the rest of your day whenever you're listening to this, guys. And always remember, take Andy's draft advice. Hashtag Ask Andy. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com.